Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. my snack. You'll, you'll figure this out later. Okay. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to start by praying, okay? Okay. Worship was wonderful, by the way. Holy Spirit, we invite you on a level we've never experienced right now, God. Breathe on us. Amen. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to, some of you might not know me, and um, Steve told me I needed to read this. Steve's with his mom in Alabama. I'm sorry he's not here. Um, Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I want to tell you this because I have a lot of dreams. And I, th- this week, I've spent the last six weeks on these four dreams that I had back to back to back to back, like four nights. And I am convinced they're for me and they're for you. And I, and I believe God gave them for this moment in time. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we have a a choice. Are we going to hang out with the spirit of fear or the Holy Spirit? You know, power, love, and a sound mind. So just a little background. I've always been a, not anymore, but I was a really scared kid. I had a great family, but I was always, I mean, I remember having nightmares about um, wolves chasing me for days on end, and I never told my parents, but, you know, I think that was about eight years old. Y'all ought to ask your kids. They're sleeping good and stuff. But anyway, I remember my dad said, you know, I'd worry about being in the car. I'd worry about dying. I'd worry about ticks. I mean, I was happy-go-lucky, but I was a worrywart, too. And my dad would, he was so sweet, he'd say, oh, I'll worry about that. And it was, it, you know, it, it held me, took me through, but I still didn't have the tools I needed. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of this today in these four dreams. Okay. I have visual, I'm a visual learner. I think that's why God gives me dreams. I really do because I can see them and I, and I feel like I remember stuff that way. The first dream is about the bride. In this dream, I had it the first night. Before I start, we don't have to talk about the fear in the world, right? We've been talking about it all day. I'm not even going to mention it. You know all the junk's going on out there, right? The stuff that we have to deal with, the stuff that we think we have to deal with, the stuff we, we're living on this earth, right? Okay, the first dream, I was a bride, and I had the most exquisite, beautiful dress on. It was beautiful. And I was, it was my wedding day, and I was going, oh, that's amazing. But then I realized I haven't done my fingernails. 
I, my hair's not curled. Oh, I forgot my makeup. I, I wasn't ready in the dream, and I was sitting there going, and I was even helping setting up chairs for the wedding. I was going, I am so not ready. And I woke up kind of, you know, a little alarmed. I'm going, this isn't good, you know? And um, I've, I've been six weeks praying over this, and this is what God just took me this direction of not fearing because I still battle stuff. I have great victories, but I still battle stuff. And uh, Song of Solomon 2, 15 through 17. This is Jesus talking to his bride. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes, which hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them from me? We will do it together. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are there to help us catch our little foxes, right? One thing, I talked to a friend of mine um, that went to that uh, conference in Reading about a week or two ago. It was a, a huge, great conference. And she said Bill was weeping over the fact that we are distracted. So not only distractions, but fears, worries, concern. I mean, I do this all the time. I can't allow myself to do this. Then the bride, this is the sad part. And this is I've done this so many times in my life. This is the bride talking back to Jesus. I know my lover is mine. This is, this is me talking. I love the Lord. And I have everything, and I, hold it, and I have everything in you, for we delight ourselves in each other. But until the day springs to life and the shifting shadows of fear disappear, turn around, my lover, and ascend to the holy mountains of separation without me. Until the new day fully dawns, Run ahead like the graceful gazelle and skip like the young stag over the mountains of separation. Go on ahead to the mountain of spices. I'll come away another time. Have you ever found yourself too busy? Oh, I could spend this time with the Lord. Nah, I want to watch that show. <laughs> you know? Much less, I'm too concerned. I'm too busy to think about that right now. You run ahead without me, Lord. You know, in, in the uh, Song of Solomon, the mountain of spices is holiness, which I went, could it be that my pursuit of holiness is stifled by my fear, by my distractions? When I was about 30 years old and uh, I had two little kids, Stevie was about one, Lauren's about three, I remember I was a sports singer and all of a sudden I started getting these sore throats for like a year. I couldn't sing, and I was, it turned into fear of sickness to fear of death, just terrible fear. And the ENT guys said, you're fine, you know, I was going to see these guys, there's nothing there. And finally, this was the same time in our lives, we'd just been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this, we'd read this present darkness, I mean, oh, there's demons and angels, I mean, we're learning all about this stuff. And this lady comes over and she said, well, you got a demon on your throat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and she, you know, and she said, Lindy, you've got, you've got to repent, you know, for playing along with this, this fear. And, and so I repented and she prayed for me. But then I had to start using the word of God as a tool. My parents never taught me how this is powerful. You know, <clears throat> sorry. Just verses like, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound mind. Perfect love, cast out fear. Be strong and courageous because the Lord thy God is with you. These kind of things, man, I had them on my mirror. I was saying them all day long, over and over again. And lo and behold, that fear got better. You know, I only had to do it once an hour. 
Then, then, then I'm telling you, it was bad. It was, it was so bad, seriously, y'all, that before that lady came over, I was changing a diaper one day, and I went, I'll never see you grow up. It was that much fear. Yeah, it, it was not just silly, you know what I mean? It was ridiculous, crazy, you know, deep in it. And so it got better and better, and the more I, I learned a great lesson that day, and over the next several months, to where I, oh, I could see it coming, no, God is not giving me a spirit of fear. So I learned those tools, very powerful. The second dream I had, so here we are, this bride, right? Are we ready? The second dream <clears throat> was about the harvest. In this dream, I was about nine months pregnant. I was about to give birth. And I knew immediately, even in the dream, that it had to do with an older dream I had had about the harvest. And the, now, if you can understand, I woke up, and all I dreamt was I was pregnant. But I woke up, and God uses my dreams to explain my dreams to me sometimes. And uh, a few years ago, I was going to the OB doctor. And I had to go in six months. I said, I'm going now. I pulled into now what was meant for six months later. And I went to the OB, and I came in the door, and there was these angels at this gate, these double gates, chain link fence, and they opened it up, and I walked. It was me and Laura and Abigail. We walked into this arena, and the presence of God was so strong. It was so intimate. Thousands upon thousands of people were worshiping. They had their hands raised. They were laying on the floor, and it was the most beautiful worship I'd ever, I'd ever been at. It was like, this is amazing. And we, it was just so intimate and so deep, and we were worshiping with everything we had. And I looked up, and it was a closed arena, like Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's kind of that size. And there was this eagle flying around. And I went, whoa. And we knew that was Holy Spirit. And then Holy Spirit said, I want to impregnate you. And that verse in Song of Solomon 7, out of your innermost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit, never failing to satisfy. Within your womb, there is a birthing of the harvest wheat. They are the sons and daughters who will be nurtured by the purity you impart. The purity and holiness as we go to that mountain of separation, as we cross it and we're with the Lord, the holiness and purity is there. So this, this dream, I was going, okay, I feel better about that dream, you know, because as we get so intimate, are we the ones that are going to birth the harvest? I believe we're called to this. The third dream. And you're going to see how these all go together. In this dream, meantime, you know, I had this the first night. So I'm still saying, God, I got to be ready. What, you know, I'm reading the 10 virgin story going, oh, shoot, you know, that stuff like that. And I'm, I'm really praying, and God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? And then I have this dream. I'm going, okay, that's, that feels intimate. That's good. And then the third night, and I'm really praying, God, what is the answer? And in the middle of the night, I'm sleeping. <laughs> And I heard, love me more, and then love me more, and then love me more. And I was sitting there going, oh, God, that's such an answer. <laughs> I mean, I knew, oh, I've just got to love him more. You know, it says in Song of Solomon, tomorrow, the, today is your new day of destiny. I've got to know this moment is my new day of destiny. Tomorrow morning is a new day of destiny. And the next morning, we've got to keep leaning into this love affair we have with our Lord. So I had a dream a few years ago that, that has to do with love me more dream. And 
this was a very cool dream and it has to do with fear. So in this dream, we're sitting there and there's this vast river flowing from that way to that way and we have to swim across it. And everybody's shaking in their boots. They're going, there's no way. And the river goes over the edge so a lot of people aren't making it and they're dying. I'm going, everybody's scared. And then all of a sudden I look and Jesus is standing right there. And I go over to him and I climb on his back, so safe, so intimate. And he jumps in the water and he swims across. And I'm going, this is great. It's not only peaceful and wonderful, it's fun. I said, this is amazing. We get to the other side and he says, take my arm. And we start walking and the throngs of people that are so fearful are walking the other direction. And we're just walking through the crowd and we're going, he said, I want to show you something. And we came to this huge pasture. And in the middle of the pasture was this 10-year-old black boy with the most beautiful eyes and the most beautiful smile you've ever seen. And we walked over there. He said, Lindy, I want to introduce you to compassion. And, and I sat there and I met compassion. We laid down in the field and we talked and laughed. And the reason I want you to you know, as we lean on him, what happens, I believe, I mean, Blake's been talking about it for two weeks about loving people. I think, love me more, love me more. All of a sudden, I love you more. I love you. This love of God is just, I can feel how, how much I love someone, even someone I don't know. So I'm going to tell you a testimony that goes along with love me more and the compassion dream. And this is my boob testimony. So this... All of you wonderful women, you know, when you go to get a mammogram. So 10 years ago, y'all understand this. I went to get a mammogram, and this was actually on a Wednesday, and Jen had asked me that year to be helper with first year. I mean, it was so, I was so excited. And we had been in school two or three weeks, and Thursday we're leaving for um, PCB, for the retreat. And I'm so excited. This is the first time I've done this, you know, as a leader. So Wednesday, I go to the boob guy, and uh, they, they, they do the mammogram, and they go, uh, I think we need to look at this, maybe get a biopsy. I'm going, ah, and I'm so upset. So uh, all of a sudden, this cloud of fear just comes over me, and I'm going, ah, this is awful. And then I was going to go to the retreat and have so much fun. You know how that is when you, you, you have something coming up, and you're just... You have to, so this, I'm, I'm wearing this cloud over my head. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, sound, minus. And God has, you know, I, I keep doing that, and it's just there. And, you know, Steve's wonderful. He's loving on me, and we're driving. This is Thursday morning. We're driving down to the retreat, and um, I said, okay, Ron and Carolyn, when I get there, I'll tell them. And, you know, they're our great friends. They'll hold me and, you know, hug me. And, you know, friends make you feel better, right? And so we... Uh, we get there and we're driving up, you know, the PCP parking lot. We're sitting there looking at the building and there's Ron and Carolyn getting in their car. And I'm going, where are y'all going? And well, Ron got sick on the way down here. I was going, oh shoot. And I'm sitting there in the car and Steve's unloading and I'm all by myself. I'm going, God, this is between me and you, isn't it? I got to figure this out. There's nobody else, just me and you. And um, I thought about immediately that he gave me that verse. Perfect love cast out fear. And I went, okay. I said, I'm going to get out of this car, and I'm going to, I've got to retreat. This will be easy. <laughs> I'm going to worship you with all my heart. I'm going to love on you all weekend, Lord, but I'm also going to love on everybody else. 
I'm going to love on the people like I've never done before. God, I want you to give me your heart for them. And I got out of that car and man, I just, by that first night, that fear was so gone. It was amazing. And I learned this. I mean, I had, you know, 20 years before I had learned a really cool lesson about tools, which are powerful, but I learned what perfect love, how it cast out fear. I mean that, and so then the next week, I mean, I, I'm great all the way to the biopsy and it was fine and a little cloud left, you know, but you know, clouds come and go <laughs> and you have to, you have to know how to battle. And that was such a great revelation. I'm just going to go love on somebody, you know, in the midst of what I'm dealing with, you know. Song of Solomon 4, 6 through 9. This is the bride who's catching on to this. I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come. In spite of shadows and fears, I will go with you to the mountaintop. I will climb with you the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. Then Jesus said, every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect your beauty without flaw within. Now you are ready, bride of the mountains, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary. Together we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair as they watch nightly for their prey. For you reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes. I'm undone by your love, my beloved one, my equal and my bride. The more we love him, we don't stand there by Jesus and fight. We climb to the glistening mounts, the summit, heavenly places with the Lord, and he does battle with us. It's such a difference. And this was great. You know, in the name of Jesus, you have to do this and this. That's powerful. But I feel like this whole new revelation, we are sons and daughters of God. We live up here on that mount with the Lord. I feel like with that intimacy, fear cannot stay. The fourth dream. Now this one really, just really touched my heart. This one, this is about the testimonies. And in this dream, I walked into this huge church. It was huge and sheetrock walls everywhere. It was kind of plain. And it wasn't this church, it was like the big C church. I could tell, this is the church of America, of the world. And I went, I said, I, this sheetrock is so ugly. I walked over to it and I, I wanted to tear it down. I took my fingernails to try to rip it and it was the flimsiest cardboard you'd ever seen. And it was just ripping off and I was pulling it down. And behind it was the most beautiful wooden, like cedar, whatever, Noah's Ark type built in wood, the kind that never rots. It was magnificent, and, and I had torn almost all of it down, and I said, this is absolutely beautiful. But what was amazing, all the testimonies of the great men and women of God were written on this wall, and the church had covered them up. You know, it talks about how the Israelites, once, once uh, Joshua's last elder died, the Israelites uh, forgot, and they turned to their distractions, they turned to their gods, things that weren't our God, right? And I felt like that's happened. And so we were, I was just tearing it down. And so the next morning, I, I, I was sitting there, had intercession the next morning, I was just praying, God, tell me about this dream. And immediately, 
he took me to, um, I was kind of on the edge of the Lions Arena, um, like in biblical times when they were killing Christians. And there was this mom, I mean, this was so vivid, I was just crying. This mom and her three little kids were standing there. The kids were crying, and they're about to walk into the arena to be eaten. And I was sitting there watching them, and the mom looked at the kids, don't cry. We are standing for the Lord Jesus Christ, and today we'll be with him. And she was crying, but she wasn't crying, you know what I mean? She was, she was I'm sure she was nervous, about to watch her children killed and herself. But she said, do not cry. And, and these walls were full of these testimonies, people we don't know, the people that, that stood up for the Lord. I mean, you got, I mean, Abraham I think he was a wealthy guy, and he put it all in tents and started wandering, you know. You think he was worried about finances, maybe, or about little? He's a normal guy, you guys, the father of our faith. But I think he was nervous when he decided to tell that king that his wife was his sister, you know. I mean, he's a normal guy, but by faith, he did these great things. I bet he was a little nervous about killing Isaac, but by faith... He, he did it, knowing that there was a resurrection. By faith, all these people who came before us, it was so powerful. And we've got to see these people, see what the generations before us have done. I mean, look at Elijah running from Jezebel after the greatest moment, and one of the greatest moments in the Old Testament. All the, you know, the fire and all those prophets dying, you know? And Gideon scared, hiding in the wine press when the Holy, you know, Jesus, God says, mighty man of valor, or the angel said, you know what I mean? It's great how God sees us, but by faith, these people decided, okay, my intimacy with him, I'm going to step out. I'm not going to be afraid. So I had this dream, and we were all in this dream. This was, this was several years ago, but it was about this church, and it was we were all having church. We were all loving on each other. Yay, Jesus, we love you, all that stuff. We were doing life. But we were sitting under this huge dam, and it was vast, and it was scary. And we're right at the foot of it, and that's where we have church. And we're looking up going, life is, we love you, Jesus. And we're worshiping, and then we're going, but this dam could break any time. So we were all fearful. We had that, that over-underwhelming thing of that fear flowing through that, yeah, any time this could fall on us and kill us all, that kind of feeling. But we were just doing life, and we were happy, whatever. And um, then Steve and I decided we need to climb up the edge of this just to check out the top and see if it's going to break or something. So we climb up the edge, and on the way, in the dream, this is all a dream, <laughs> on the way, we both donated a kidney, which, <laughs> which I, I, you know, is that sacrifice? Is that... The, somebody told me it's the blood cleansing kidney, you know, of Jesus. That, that's what happened. And we, we got to the top, and um, we, we, we get up there. Oh, my goodness. This is not a normal dam. We were on the edge of the sea of glass. Now, see if you could picture it. We're standing here, and the, the edge is ever slightly curved, like it's a huge circle. But it goes on forever, but you can see it. And then... That way in the middle was the throne of God. And I'm standing there, this, this is heaven. 
It was amazing. It was beautiful. And this, you know, I was going, oh, there's no fear here. And I walked out on the dam, you know, just, it was only that thick. And I, and I sat down and this is so sitting in the water and my feet are hanging over the edge. I was going, oh, this water feels so good. This is so beautiful. It was, it was glorious. And I'm sitting there and I started, see, we have the mind of Christ. Your sons and daughters seated in heavenly places. I started to think about Sherry Lewis. She was in Cameroon at the time. This is all in the dream. I went, huh, I'm going to take my hand. I'm going to scoop a little of the dam out here. And I just did that. And the water started gushing over like huge waterfall, like, whoa. And it was pouring down hill and dale over mountains through continents. And it landed right there in Cameroon. I went, that was amazing. <laughs> wow. And I was, I was just, it kind of blew me away. This is so cool. And then I went, huh. And then I was sitting there and Luis and Neva were part of my second year class. We were in there together. And I was, they wanted to be in Mexico one day and do a ministry. I'm going to take this other hand. And, I, and I, that time I did a, a square. And this water went gushing over Set down through the mountains, through the valleys. I was going, whoa, this is amazing. And it landed up in Mexico. I was going, and I thought to myself in the dream, could it be that easy? As I'm seated here, you know, down there at the bottom of the dam, seems hard sometimes. <laughs> you know, you're praying for stuff. You're waiting for breakthrough. Up here, it's like, hmm, watch that. Then I look to my left, and I get this long curve, and way in the distance, was something like Niagara Falls. I was going, whoa, what is that, Lord? And he said, that's Heidi Baker's ministry, Iris Ministry. See, they've learned they're laid down lovers. They do this, and they make these testimonies because they're seated in heavenly places, and they've realized it's, it's, it's a thought, even a thought with Lord Jesus is more powerful than any prayer. When I'm sitting down there below that dam, oh God, oh God, please. When I'm sitting up there, oh yeah, Lord, what a great idea. And just a thought can change the world. Bethel, Atlanta, I feel there's so many great prophetic words over you. And, and I feel like, and I really, I know this, this whole thing's for me because, and I know it's for you because there's times when I'm sitting there going ahead with me, Lord, but I believe like he is calling us to be so intimate, to love him so much, to be seated on top of that dam in heavenly places. I know it. That, that wall with the testimonies that I haven't thought about or read about, you know what? I was watching, you know, you got the great cloud of witnesses. I thought about this this morning. I was watching the Phillies and Padres last night. And that crowd just sh shifted that game. They were cheering. It was so intense, you know, 50,000 whatever people. Can you imagine the intensity of the, crowd, the cloud of witnesses right now cheering you to get out of our chairs and climb and sit in heavenly places? They're cheering for me to do that. Because down there, I'm not very powerful. By faith, I was thinking about this. You know, Beth Atlanta, you're a house of hope and love. By faith, Beth and Chuck, you will be releasers of hope. By faith, Kim 
and Laura, wherever you are. I believe with all of my heart, there you are, paintings are gonna be released and someone's gonna see something that's gonna change their life forever. And something's gonna go viral that the whole world, I've gotta see that. By faith, Zena's dream where the heartbeat of heaven is heard. People wake up with the same song in their head about the Lord Jesus. By faith, that's gonna be written on that wall. Mary, by faith, the, the hundreds and thousands of children you touch in Atlanta are gonna change the city. By faith, Mary Lopez's name will be there. You're writing it now by your prayers and by what you're doing. thought I see Ashley, Robert, he's not here. I was thinking about him yesterday. By faith, I believe he's going to talk to businessmen around the world and change the course of history in business for Jesus. By faith, Bethel Atlanta, you are going to have the greatest wave of worship the world has ever known. By faith, people are going to come here. It's going to be written on these walls. They're going to get saved. They're going to get healed. And they're going to get delivered. By faith, there will be a line of cars all the way to the highway. By faith, John, you're going to do videos that touch the world. All of these things, by faith, these great men and women of God, you great men and women of God, of God I just feel like too often I'm sitting here, oh, Jesus, <laughs> you go on ahead. I'm dealing with this and this and this right now. I'm busy with the cares of the world right now and the worries of my day when he's calling me to go up here. Coolest testimony. We were in school, me and Derek and April were doing an elective on prayer and so one night, and taking us to heaven, April's class, and we were hanging in heaven, and we decided, let's all go sit on that dam in our, in our mind. We are, you are seated in heavenly places. So we're all sitting on that dam. I have never been in a prayer meeting that powerful ever. We were making declarations for an hour, out loud, writing them on a board, that Atlanta, you will be reconciled. That, that the reconciliation of the blacks and whites will start here in Bethel Atlanta and it will touch the city. The world will see it and be amazed and come to know the glory of God because of it. That Bethel Atlanta, there'll be a 200-foot flame out here. People come experience the glory of heaven and take it back from where they come from. You know, Bob Jones says, so goes Atlanta, so goes the South. I declare that Atlanta is for Jesus and that we are leaders of this great revival and awakening that's going to touch the world. Because you know what? I'm going to sit on top of that dam, and I'm going to declare it. So the greatest testimony. So we're sitting here. We're having this prayer time. It's so powerful. There's stuff all over the board. No more sex trafficking. The love of God to pour through the city. It was, it was powerful. And we're sitting there, and we go home that night. I said, Steve, what a great prayer. I was telling him all about it. So that night, I had a dream. And... In the dream, Steve and I were standing on the top of a castle, the turret, the little post thing, whatever it's called. We're standing up there, and the castle is Bethel, Atlanta. And we're looking in the distance, and all of Atlanta is flooded. 
and the, sky, the skyscrapers are sticking out of the top. This is Atlanta. It's flooded. And I looked at Steve. And I said, God told me to tell you the rain didn't do this. What happened is a dam of river broke last night. What had happened in the spirit, in the spirit our declarations and our prayers caused that, that dream. And I'm believing that those are the kind of prayers that are going to change our city. So what we're going to do, Vanessa and the, the, the worship team, we're going to have some worship. And, and we're, we're going to do two things, y'all. So how are we doing, Tom? Oh, we're doing great. So we're going to worship for a while. And then in about 20 minutes, you thought I was just bringing a snack up here. These are Sun Chips Harvest Cheddar. Now, about a, about a week and a half ago, I went to the beach with some friends and we're, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how the conversation started. They were talking about a testimony where Zaina and Summer were talking about three or four years ago. We just want a husband and Kimberly, I think. She said, she said, well, go cast your bread upon the water. It'll come back to you. Ecclesiastes 111, you know. And, and then, this was three or four years ago. And then Vanessa she said, I'll go get bread. She runs into the, um, this is at PCB, the retreat. She gets a loaf of bread, and they're out there throwing bread on the water <laughs> and, and declaring, I'm going to have a husband. I want to get married, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so they're telling this testimony. So we're all sitting on the beach. It's late, early evening, and, and June Ann said, well, I want a husband. And we said, well, then Vanessa and Kimberly said, well, let's, let's do it again. The only thing we could find right there were harvest, I mean, you can't make this up, right? Harvest cheddar sun chips. So we each got a sun chip and we're, we're out there making it. And this, we were like children. God loves children. We didn't get all uptight about, should we throw them at the same time? Whatever, you know what I mean? We're just throwing our chips, our bread upon the water and praying and declaring and laughing. And um, what happened is the strangest thing. Ten minutes later, how many of y'all have ever heard of bioluminescent algae? I've seen it one time. You ought to look it up when you go home. So ten minutes after, we're all sitting back down. It's almost sunset. June, she sees it first, which is kind of cool. She says, look at the water sparkling. We walked over. There were little blue dots all over the sand where the algae was coming up. It was like God was saying, and believe me, I've spent six weeks praying about this. And I said, oh, God, you're so speaking to us. Because I'm sitting up here. I'm going to sit on top of this dam. And I'm going to make the declarations of heaven. But to do this, you guys, I mean... Part, you know, sometimes I, I must repent a lot of times. Oh, God, forgive me for fearing. A lot of it's just, God, I am so sorry. I've partnered with this fear and the cares of the world. It's just the world. We don't live here. We, we're here, but we're, we're heavenly beings, y'all. We're called to do these mighty miracles. We're called to raise the dead by faith. That's going to be written on the wall for Bethel, Atlanta. By faith. You know, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, you know? Yeah. And I feel like um, as I repent of this, 
I can move really quickly. <laughs> I'm going to be so intimate with you, Lord. I am going to be one of the leaders of the birthing of the harvest. You are called to this. Bethel, Atlanta, you are called to be one of the leaders of the greatest harvest the world's ever seen. I don't have time. You don't have time for the worries of the world and the cares of the world. I can see why Bill was weeping over this. And our intimacy, our awareness, we're going to go, oh, God, all I want to do tomorrow is this. I just want to love you more tomorrow. Wasn't today great? I want to do this more tomorrow, right? Right? Mary knows. <laughs> because by faith, the things you dream about, a lot of dreams that <laughs> you probably don't, you know, I, I gave up dreaming that. Why? When you're intimate with Him, when you're sitting here, everything you dreams of God, everything. I, re I believe that with all my heart. So you've got to sit on top of that dam your whole life on the edge of the sea of glass and say, oh, these will be my testimonies. These will be the testimonies of the people I love, of my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, because I've sat there in heavenly places and declared it. So what we're going to do, we're going to worship for a while. Then these doors are going to open, and we're going to... Um, we're going to go out there. Now, take one chip only. Okay? we got six bags of chips. And you might even break one in half. Okay? And I think what I'd like to do, I'm, I'm looking at the time. I think at um, 10 till we're going to go out there. Okay? Now, when we're done, we come back at noon. And I'll tell you all this. Go get your kids. And you know what? Take an extra chip and put it in your pocket. Take your children out there and pray with them. This is not going to be together. This is going to be individual. You know what? This is between you and God. This is between you and God today, okay? But right now, we've got, sorry I'm doing the clock, but I'm learning how to handle it. Uh, we've got, we're going to worship. And this is where anything you need to repent of, just lay it at his feet. It's like, you know, wake Jesus up if you're in that boat. Say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be fearful. I want to be your beautiful bride. I want to climb the highest peaks with you. And that is where I live. And together we'll wage war. You got this, God. Because I am so one with you. I am a son and daughter of God. I was created for this. The world, I, I don't live down there at the bottom of the dam anymore. Amen. So let's worship, and then I'll lead you when the time comes. We'll go get our one chip, okay? Oh, you know what? If you're sitting down or you're standing back there, it's time to get up, do, an act, do a prophetic act. You're standing at the bottom of the dam or sitting. Get up, climb to the top, whatever you need to do. But we need to move. We need to, we need to make a step that we are going to be the hungry, powerful men and women of God that we're called to be. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.